Hello and welcome to Now Here's a Thing, the latest laid-back podcast crafted by me, Tracy Jones, and me, Heather Noble. Now, here's a thing. Are we recording? We're recording. Oh, okay. That's That's all right. So give us your thing. Now, here's the thing. Right. Are you any good at sleeping? On and off. Do you get off to sleep all right? Or Um, You know, the best way to get off to sleep is to start a podcast playing. And next thing I know, it's the morning. Right. Okay. Well, very interesting that you should say that because... Often I'm quite good at going to sleep, but when I'm not good at going to sleep, I'm really not good at going to sleep. Now, my husband can listen to audiobooks um, just as a matter of course. I struggle with that because I fall asleep and then I don't know where I am and then I have to listen to stuff again. You start again, yes. Yeah. And do you not listen to an audiobook while you're driving, hopefully? No, because it makes me fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I've come across white noise. Yes. Right, so that's like. Often for like for babies, it's like a little shusher, isn't it? It's just yeah. A sort of. My, my husband likes the sound of rain, so we we got the rain app. Right. Well, that's pink noise apparently. Oh, that's pink noise. I didn't know Who this. Knew that? Exactly. So I found an article. There was an article in the Guardian. Hiding behind that pop up on your behind. Your, yeah, I've got pop-up. another pop up here about going on holiday, which I feel more inclined to keep. Um, brown noise. Oh, I don't like the sound of brown well, noise. So the pink sounds, noise... sounds like something toilet-related. It does, yeah. And looking at this... Um, that looks like a colon. It does, doesn't it? This article in The Guardian, they've chosen... Slightly unfortunate. It likes a, either like um, intestines or a colon or the representation in cartoon form of a fart. <laughs> Coming out of her ears. Yeah. And um, she looks like a Dalek. What on earth is that cartoon? <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm talking too much. So, Tell me about brown noise. So, so The Guardian of... Brown noise. <laughs> yes, brown noise. So... White noise, shushing for babies, you know, just okay. that sort of, I don't know, maybe it's simulating something that's going on when we're growing, okay. you know, when we're suspended in water. Then pink noise is rainfall, the sea, stuff like that. Okay. And I've used that for a long, long time. I used to have CD of sea sounds. Well, in the olden days. In the olden yeah. days. So, yeah, so there's the, the... When the CD stopped, did it not wake you up? Please have it on repeat. Okay. Mm, you had a fancy machine. Yeah, I think, I, think yeah. I did. In fact, when I met my husband, that was a prerequisite. <laughs> we need to have the uh, the ocean sounds, and it's very soothing and very okay. relaxing. So come on, anyway. Bated so, breath here. What yeah. is brown noise? So brown noise is a it it's it's a bit more like that um, this the ocean sounds, but it's more of a hum. It's more of a like a browner, less prickly. So I'm thinking of noise. oceans with sewage in now. All right. Yeah. Okay. Take take me away. Give me another example. Oh, uh, like a um, an empty aeroplane. You know that when you're in a plane, you can oh, hear yeah. that sound, can't you, all the time? Like a bit of a drone of the engines. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, and it's used very often for people who um, suffer from ADHD. So. The, the the thing was, I saw this brown noise and I was like, well, what is that? Um, and then I went down the hole, um, pink the brown noise, hole. white noise, the brown hole. Yes, yes. So apparently, <laughs> it well, and it's called brown noise, not because it's poo coloured or anything like that. Okay. Um, but that it was, um, 
mimics something called Brownian motion. Oh, I remember that from uh, from school. Oh, yeah. do you? I do. Wow. When did you go to school? Because botanist Robert Brown found it in 1827. Yeah, yeah. I didn't go to school that long ago. It was a while ago now. But isn't it about, is it smoke particles moving? Oh, now you, I don't know. The, I don't part, movement of particles in something. I don't know. Right. Gosh, that, I mean, to have remembered even I'm movement very, of something. I'd never. <laughs> Brownian yes. motion, yeah. I'd never heard of it. But do you remember when we were working in lockdown and there were various um, soundtracks of like the sound of an office environment or the sound of a coffee shop? Or like hubbub in the background. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of oh, pretty much like our podcasts. <laughs> Stuff is going on. And in the background, motorbike. Yeah. Central heating. Small children in pubs. Small children in pubs. Yeah, I've forgotten about them. Yeah, so I'd never come across it, but there's there's, um, a belief that it helps people to concentrate. So perhaps if you're studying. Now, I can't listen to music and study. I can't listen to music and read. If I'm reading, I have to have quiet. Some people can concentrate really well if they've got noise. If I want to concentrate, it can't be music with lyrics. Okay. And it would typically be sort of Baroque style music. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Who get you? It's uh, slightly medieval. I think I might have looked into this when I was studying for my degree, uh, you know, what sort of music is good to have on in the background. And I think I researched Came up with Baroque, uh, Baroque music. music yes. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, um, it was it caught my eye because I'd never heard of it. And then it just got me thinking about, actually, our, we think a lot about what we look at and what we see. Do you think, uh, sorry, just to interrupt, I can hear that hum that we always used to get in uh, your office when we did uh, the business community and then yes. business briefs. And it's yes. there now, is it? Is that brown? It's annoying. Yeah, that's brown noise. I would say that's yeah. brown noise. Okay. Because it's not like the... And I, I, I watched a little TikTok explanation, which sort of half went in. So it's it's meant to be softer than white noise. Okay. Whatever that means, because it takes off some of the upper. So that that hum that's happening below your office now is definitely yeah. brown. It's brown noise. <laughs> <Yes>. Brown hum. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. There you go. Anyway, I just thought it was an interesting thing. Uh, but it also helps me to recognise why some of the things that I listen to if I'm trying to go to sleep don't work. Okay. Because I think I... Now, I'll tell you what works quite well is Hamilton. Hamilton? Yes. Wow, okay. Hamilton. Yeah. I don't know why. Because it's not brand new mus- noise. It's a musical. But... It's quite a lively musical as well. Yeah. Ups and downs in that musical. Quite yeah. a bit of excitement. Yeah. But I'm able to zone it out. Anyway, there you go. Here's the thing. Don't buy Heather tickets to Hamilton. No, buy me tickets to Hamilton because they're very expensive. And I would stay awake. Okay. But brown noise, studying, concentration, ADHD, it's a thing. Okay. Now, here's my thing. Go on. Before we started recording, I told her that last night I went to a murder mystery evening, entertaining some guests. and. Our biggest challenge of the night, well, well, actually solving the murder was quite hard, but still the biggest challenge of the night was choosing our team name. 
Oh. And it got me thinking today, is that how can it be so hard to choose a team name? Of all, you know, the, the murder, the motive, um, how they did it, all of these, where did they do it? You know, what was the weapon? And the stumbling block was that initial thing, what's your team name? Bit of a strange way that my brain works. The next thing I was thinking is some things, massive tasks, where actually the stumbling block is a really small thing. And it got me thinking about book dedications. Oh, crikey. See, that's okay. how my mind works. But, yeah, all right. Not, not very linear. So if you were to write a book, would that writing a dedication be a difficult thing for you to do? Well, no, because I think I'd just put four. Who? Who would you choose and why? It would depend on the book. Okay. And it would depend on, would it be an individual? Would it be a group of people? You know, to all the people who have or haven't, or would it be for my mum? Or, I don't know. It would depend on the book. It depends. It's a good answer. So, um, I I really don't know because it's it's like choosing a team name. So, oh gosh, (laughs) I'll write a book. I can't okay. think about the dedication. But I did a bit of research because I thought, it's not about me, this podcast. Yeah, it's a thing, isn't it? I'm going to look it up. So I found two links that I want to reference. One is Most Intriguing Book Dedications, and it's on the Penguin website. Ooh. I'm going to skip over that for now. I really like some things in there, so I've saved it. And another one is just ones that made me laugh from dmilks.com, Creative Book Dedication Pages. I just... So I'd share a few of these with you and see if you like them. So this is from um, a textbook for mathematics, an introduction to algebraic topology by Joseph J. Rotman. And his dedication goes to my wife, Marganit, and my children, Ella Rose and Daniel Adam, without whom this book would have been completed two years earlier. Oh, nice. I like that one. This one, I, I don't see what the book was that it was referencing, but in the front of this book, the dedication is for Carly, who is a better person than I am, even though she was a dog. <laughs> I like that one. And this is quite a long one, so bear with me, but I, I love the um, the meaning behind this one. So this is a, a book called Mortal Coil by Derek Landy. It's quite a long one. So this book is dedicated with great reluctance, to my editor, Nick Lake, because he is forcing me to. Personally, I would have liked to included Jilly Russell and Michael Stearns, who, along with Nick, really welcomed me into the publishing world with my first book. Unfortunately, because Nick is now my sole editor, he has threatened to edit this dedication down to an unrecognisable mess of blacked-out lines, and so, as a result, this dedication is to him and him alone. Personally, I think that this shows a staggering amount of blank, blacked out line, (laughs) and blank, which proves that Nick is nothing but a blank, with blank for blank. But hey, that's just my personal opinion. Here, Nick, you finally get a book dedicated to you. Hope you're blank happy. Blank. Brackets, editor's note, Nick Lake is a great guy. (laughs) Very um, clever. This one from Joan Rivers, uh, her last book, Diary of a Mad Diva, says this book is dedicated to Kanye West because he'll never effing read it. <laughs> Matthew Klein said, for mum, 
Just skip over the sex scenes, please. <laughs> oh, this one here. This is Austinland by Shannon Hale. And she said, for Colin Firth, you're a really great guy, but I'm married. So I think we should just be friends. <laughs> I, and this one's brilliant. Dedication for me. Oh. I like that. Um, there's another book here that published uh, with thanks to all of the publishing houses that turned them down. Oh, yeah, that's a small yeah. one. And uh, this one is dedicated to everyone who wonders if I'm writing about them. I am. Lovely. But let's get, let's get back to the Penguin ones. So, really famous one, East of Eden by John Steinbeck. Mm -hmm. Steinbeck, have you ever read it? I haven't read it. Okay, so you won't know that at the front of the book, it says, Dear Pat, you came upon me carving some kind of little figure out of wood, and you said, why don't you make something for me? I asked you what you wanted, and you said, a box. What for? To put things in. What kind of things? Whatever you have, you said. Well, here's your box. Nearly everything I have is in it, and it's not full. Pain and excitement are in it, and feeling good or bad and evil thoughts and good thoughts. The pleasure of design and some despair and the indescribable joy of creation. And on top of these are all the gratitude and love I have for you. And still, the box is not full. John. So that, that how heartfelt is that? It's lovely. That was dedicated to Pat, who was actually Pascal Kovici. John Steinbeck's editor and best friend. And then when he finished the 250,000 word manuscript for East of Eden, he put it in a mahogany box that he'd carved and sent it to Pascal. And the letter that's in the front of the book is the letter that he sent with the book in the box. Wow. Isn't that lovely? That, I mean, carving the box, that's quite, I mean, that's unfair, isn't it? If you, Good at writing you and you're good at write a brilliant book. You can carve a box and then you can write a dedication like that. I mean, we'll give up. Yeah. What's the point of trying? Uh another little known author you might not have heard of, Agatha Christie. Oh yes, yeah, vaguely, vaguely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> comedy, isn't it? She writes comedy. <laughs> so she wrote this one in one of her um detective novels, The Secret Adversary in nineteen twenty two. To all those who lead monotonous lives in the hope that they may experience at second hand the delights and dangers of adventure. And then, you know, I like Neil Gaiman and, yes. and science fantasy. So this dedication from 2005 is in his book, Anansi Boys. You know how it is. You pick up a book, flip to the dedication and find that once again, the author has dedicated a book to someone else and not to you. Not this time. Because we haven't yet met, have only had a glancing acquaintance, are just crazy about each other, haven't seen each other in much too long, or in some way related, we'll never meet, but will. I trust that despite, always think fondly of each other. This one's for you. With you know what and you probably know why. Do you dash to the dedication in a book? No, I don't, I don't. That's a really good point. I don't think I do because I don't expect any book to be dedicated to me. No. That said, there might be a book dedicated to us, Heather, and we've never looked. 
I'd think that if somebody was dedicating a book to me, they probably would carve a box, put it in it. Right, <laughs> I'd like to think that too. There is one that I remember as I was doing that research uh, today. Is uh, he said this is for my dad. However, he doesn't read fiction, so he won't know unless somebody tells him. Oh, well, that, yeah. So precisely, we yeah. could be like his dad. Yeah. Now I'm going to think that there's a hundred books dedicated to me. Hopefully in a nice way. <laughs> Not to all the people I hated from school or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and a big long list of names. Now here's the thing. What was your team name? Daniel Craig's Cousins. Daniel Craig's Cousins. Okay. Was Daniel Craig's cousin amongst the party? Nope. It was a Bond-themed uh, murder mystery. Oh. Okay. Nobody else came up with a better idea, so that I have to hold my hands up and say that rubbish team name was mine. Can I tell you about a dinner that I went to? Please do. Where, because um, you mentioned that the uh, murder mystery had some actors, yeah? Yes. They were... So were you like private dining and then there were... Private dining, yeah. And these four people sort of um, ingratiated themselves into our group. Rather awkwardly, uh, the host of the evening hadn't prepared all of the, all of the guests. So oh. initially they were all a little bit... Ooh. They were these weirdos. <laughs> but that was all right. Anyway, okay. your story. Heather. Yeah, so um, so we went to a, a, a dinner, a, a black tie dinner, and... Um, there wasn't a murder mystery, but they had hired some actors. Uh, so there was... To do what? To, well, for a bit of fun. So we had a drunk waitress. Oh, wow. We had a very shouty um, front of house manager. Uh, we had a handyman. Oh, it sounds like anything but fun. That <laughs> it does. Was it, sounds, it sounds horrendous. No, it was brilliant. Um, there was one other, I can't remember what they were. Oh, I think there was a sommelier, but I mean the drunk waitress. She wasn't drunk, but so she's she's actually waiting on. Um, but her skirt, like her white shirt, wasn't very white. Her white blouse, then her black skirt. You could see where she'd restitched at the bottom of the zip. Um, I think she'd got a ladder in her tights, and then she came over to our table to uh, do something. And she just picked up a guy's glass of red wine and downed it. Right. But, I mean, I don't think she did that at every table, but it was particularly funny. And then during at the start of the evening, there was a load of shouting going on. Oh, I think that was the chef. That was the chef. Yes, he was a very angry chef. And it was a... Um, was he part of... Yes. Okay, good. And it was... Um, I'm starting to feel anxious. No, it was brilliant. It was... Um, I think that's what was brilliant about it, is that everybody was so anxious. Because the person, it was a, a parent-teacher's event, but the chair of the PTA didn't know that this was happening. So she was going nuts because she was like, what's going on? You know, calm down and everything. And this is, somebody briefs her on that. We've got the handyman. So it, there's this noise, this drilling noise going on. And basically what the handyman is doing is he's going around, it's a big, a big event, going around all the tables and saying, right, Right, and he's got a drill, and he's getting on the floor under the table and then drilling. Oh my Not gosh. actually drilling, but using his drill to make a hell of a noise. It was brilliant. Because it gradually, they were working the room, and it just gradually dawned on people. Wow, okay. So what I was thinking last night is has been amplified by what you've just said. 
I was thinking that those actors needed some big balls to do that. But the the ones there, completely unexpected, creating it, oh, havoc. It was brilliant. Oh, but you've done some acting, Heather. Only a little. What, could you imagine doing that? I think I'd find it easier to do that because it wasn't a script. Yeah. The trouble with acting is the script. But I think I could do a drunk waitress. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it would be why. fun. Yeah, I think it would be fun. Uh, now, what about the murder mystery then? Because they had to stay in character, remember their role, the clues and everything. Mm. I imagine that's a bit like remembering your script, but yes, um, ad-libbing your script. Because people are asking them questions yes, and they have to answer it in a certain way, don't they? Well, they have but to have their backstory, the don't they? So yeah. I suppose you've just got to be know your character really well. But and of course they know who the murderer is, so they know what not to give away, I guess, yes. and what clues they can give. Um, I think I had a murder mystery party for my thirtieth birthday, um, and it was one that you do at home. I, I used to do them quite a oh. bit in the everybody the dressed past. up. Everybody used to do them, didn't they? Yeah, it yeah. was great. I mean, this is twenty, yeah, six a little years while ago. ago. Yeah, um, so that was great fun, um, but. Uh, what I think would be amazing, so the one that you were talking about last night, it was private dining, yeah? I'd love to go to a hotel and not know who are the actors. You know, so you just go to a hotel for a weekend, you know there's going to be a murder mystery. Yeah. And so, you know... that well, you want all in. You, you want the full Poirot yeah. experience. The, the, the yeah. Cu- yeah, the couple sat there at the table who were having a bit of a, you know... A difficult conversation or aren't speaking to each other are they actors or are they just a couple who've been married a long time it gives and not you a real to excuse to go and barge in yeah. and be nosy doesn't it yeah, now, you've now mar- I see your have agenda. you been married so long that you've got nothing left to say to each other or are you actors <laughs> and, and then i see your agenda here Heather. Oh, i think yeah. it would be amazing ultimate in nosiness i'd pay i'd pay good money for that if anybody out there is listening and they uh they run these types of events that heather can go to uh, just send your information to Heather because I ain't going to that. Oh, why not? I found it really difficult, the murder mystery. And it also made me worry about we've got plans coming up in December for an escape room. And I had almost a, a mini panic attack thinking, with well, the way I've performed in this murder mystery detective event, then I, I'm never going to escape from the escape room. Somebody will have to come and rescue me in January. I'm pretty sure, I can't be certain, but I'm pretty sure that nobody got murdered last night and that there is like a door where they can just say, come this way, you haven't solved, <laughs> you haven't solved the crime. Like in the Crystal Maze, they didn't just say, oh, well, you just stay in there forever. Yeah, so, so the one that I was convinced it was was the first one eliminated. So then I went for my next one and that person was ruled out. So then it was only down to two. Ah, and I was like, "Well, I've got a fifty-fifty chance now of guessing who it is." Did you still get it wrong? I sat on the fence. (laughs) (laughs) I let my teammates choose. (laughs) I wasn't after my previous failures with the other two. I I wasn't going to so shut up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, over to you, Daniel Craig's cousins. Brilliant. Sounds like great fun, isn't? But isn't that just proof of one man's? What is it? One man's. Something is another man's poison. Do you know what I mean? To you, it's like you didn't like it, made you anxious. To me, I'd be like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yes. Interestingly enough, the murder was committed uh, using poison. Was it? Yeah. Did one of them die? 
or was the murder done in another room? So we were all in um, the bar area in the, in the long gallery and the actors had been mingling with us and getting to know us and we were getting to know them once uh, it had been announced that this was actually the format of the evening and not just four randos that had come and joined us. And then we were told to prepare to go for dinner and then there was a really loud scream from uh, on the way to the dining room. And uh, beautiful setting. I've, I've got to um, give some acknowledgement to Peckford and Castle. Absolutely amazing. As we walked away from the long gallery, we were led towards the scene of the crime and told not to touch anything. There was just this beautiful ante room, perfect place to just sit and read or be murdered. <laughs> and then there was the dead body there. And then all of these things around them. So a pack of cards, a book, a pen, a glass of wine. Is there somebody playing the dead body? Somebody playing the dead body, yeah. And so we, were, we weren't allowed to touch anything, but we could take pictures. And then we were told to retire and go and, go and start our meal. And then the actors came round and interacted with us. We had puzzles and riddles to solve. Um, and then we could go back and look at the room because some of the things have been moved. Somebody had been and stolen mm. some of the items. Very well done. And three hours hard work by those actors. Very good. Highly recommend it. And I've totally forgotten the name of the company that did the murder mystery, and I should give them credit. But I'm sure that actually, if you're interested, Peckford and Castle can help. Oh, I'd love to do that. I'm going to be Googling that. Now Here's a Thing is a Jones and Noble production brought to you every week. Well, maybe not every week, Heather. <laughs> Recorded with an iPhone, a microphone and lots of hot air.